from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, gang, and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. I hope everyone's having a great, great week. It's Hump Day Wednesday, May 17th, 2023. What a great show we have planned for all of y'all today. The latest threats, vulnerabilities, and information that you need as a cybersecurity practitioner to pay attention in any role, from analyst to CISO and all the way to even the people who support CISOs on the executive board. So packed, packed show this morning. If you're tuning in, we're live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Good morning to everyone tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe and follow our channel or follow me personally on LinkedIn. Find us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Give us a five-star rating when you get the chance as well. That really helps boost us up in the rating. Very, very exciting. Very, very exciting. We're we're on show number like 494. Next week we'll be at show 500. I've been doing this show for five years, y'all. So very, very excited um, to be sharing all of that with you. And like I said, some really cool announcements coming your way. Uh, I was going to do some today. I decided to postpone those until next week. The reason for it is because I'm not yet ready to, to, to perfect the message I want to share with all of y'all about the future of the show and some of the content we're moving to and so forth. So stay tuned for that. Good morning, everyone tuning in. Join me with a double espresso for our morning ritual of powering through the show with a cup of coffee. I've got a double espresso, whatever you're drinking, coffee cup, cheers. We'll kick off with LaCroix, the giant technological equipment manufacturer, shutting down three production sites for the week after experiencing a ransomware attack. This comes on the heel of the ransomware attack that was detected on May 12th. It impacted their French manufacturing facility, their German and Tunisian manufacturing sites. All of them produce uh, electronic systems or IIoT systems for automotive, aerospace, water, and energy, as well as smart road infrastructure solution. The company shut down the systems, sent everyone home. They're hoping to be back on site on May 22nd. And this is a, by the way, a great use case. If you think of how much money they would generate per day manufacturing. So that's their revenue. But let's look at the bottoms. Let's look at the the, the kind of un, unspoken uh, piece of this, which is the supply chain impact. And the supply chain impact here is significant. So how many companies were waiting for parts that now their parts are going to be delayed and not by, let's say, 10 days because from the 12th to the 22nd. That's assuming they get back to full production on the 22nd. If anyone's ever been in manufacturing or production, the ramp-up period is much greater. And in this 10-day period, they probably have not gotten a lot of equipment in because all of their systems are down, so they can't really do inventory. They can't really accept shipments in, meaning shipments are sitting out there. The, the, the impact of this is so significant. And so keeping that in mind, when you read this and you go, ah, oh, not too bad, 10 days, shut down any business for 10 days and that impact is going to be felt for months and potentially quarters and years, uh, depending on the resiliency of that company. And that's why I wanted to bring this one up. A state-sponsored sidewinder covert attack infrastructure was uncovered. It predominantly uh, looks to target uh, entities in Pakistan and China. This compromised a network of 55 domain and IP addresses used by the threat actor. Group IB and Bridewell said in a joint report shared with the hacker news the identified phishing domains mimic various organizations in the news government telecom and financial sectors signwinder has been known to be active since at least 2012 with attack 
Jane's primarily leveraging spear phishing as an intrusion intrusion mechanism to obtain a foothold into targeted environment. The target range of the group is widely believed to be associated with Indian espionage interests. The most frequent attacks are Pakistan, China, Sri Lanka, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Myanmar, the Philippines, Qatar, and Singapore. Earlier this February, and if you're asking yourself why is Qatar on that list, Qatar is one of the largest GCC country, uh, one of the richest GCC countries, the Gulf countries. They're also uh, harbor uh, and harbored still do to this day. Taliban, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, uh, Hezbollah, they all have safe refuge in Qatar. So um, there have been one of the new techniques that was observed is a server-based uh, polymorphism in an invasive attack targeting Pakistani government organizations. A very, very interesting group and an attack tactic the group itself has been known as a rattlesnake or you've obviously seen a lot of these different names but you can read all the all the notes on this group uh in the show notes by the way so go check that out you can also see it on our website at cyberhubpodcast.com so chrome 113 security update is out and it resolves about 12 different vulnerabilities including one rated critical Six of the flaws were reported by external researchers. The critical flaw, CVE 2023-2721, reported by Kihu360 researcher Guang Gong. The issue is described as used after freak flaw in navigation. A remote attacker could craft an HTML page to trigger a heap of corruption when a user accesses the page. The attack would have to convince the user to visit the page. That's all now been patched. Uh, Google paid uh, $11,500 in bug bounties to the reporting researchers for this update. And you see the latest update numbers on the screen in front of you or in the show notes. Apple said it blocked 1.7 million apps for privacy and security issues last year. Apple's App Store prevented more than $2 billion in transactions tagged as potentially fraudulent, blocked almost 1.7 million app submissions for privacy, security, and content policy violations last year. As part of its ongoing effort to fend off account fraud, the company also terminated 428,000 developer accounts for potentially fraudulent activities, deactivated 282 million fraudulent customer accounts, and blocked 105 million developer account creations for suspected fraudulent activity. The App Store team also, the App Store team also uh, protected Apple users from hundreds and of thousands of unsafe apps last year, rejecting almost 400,000 apps for privacy violations such as trying to harvest user personal data without their consent or knowledge. Another 153,000 were rejected for misleading users for being copycat of leading submitted apps, while 29,000 were denied entry into the App Store for using undocumented or hidden features. So, well done for Apple. Um, They've also blocked transactions worth a record $2.09 billion last year. All Fraud also says it banned roughly 714,000 fraudulent accounts from transacting again. It also blocked approximately 3.9 million stolen credit cards from being used to make fraudulent purchases in the App Store. Good job for Apple. What great numbers. Um, hey, uh, Google App Team, take note. Seriously, take note. We, we, we constantly on the show, I talk about the idea that Google Play Store is constantly flooded with these fake apps. Apple's putting in the hard work and blocking this stuff. Google isn't. If you're talking to me as a CISO today and you say, what 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 ecosystem would you live in on the mobile side? I'd live in the Apple ecosystem. It just reduces risk significantly more. It does. It does. I'm sorry. I know it hurts some people's feelings, but that's the truth. 
a financially motivated cyber actor has been observed abusing Microsoft Azure serial council on virtual machines to install third-party remote management tools within compromised environment. This is coming after Google's uh, owned Mandian attributed to activity to a threat group. It tracks under the moniker UNC39044, also known as Roasted Octopus. Uh, the method of attack was unique in that it avoided many of the traditional detection methods employed within Azure and provided the attacker with full admin access to the VM. The emerging adversary, which first came to light late last year, is known to leverage SIM swapping attacks to breach telecom and business process outsourcing companies since at least May of last year. Subsequently, Mandian also found them utilizing a loader named StoneStop to install a malicious signer driver dubbed uh, PoorTry that's designed to terminate processes associated with security software and delete, fee, delete files as part of a BYOVD attack. Um, it's currently not known how the threat actor conducts the SIM swaps. Um, this is a sophisticated attack, by the way, if you're looking at the graph, and I know some people are listening. Again, you can go and watch this on our YouTube channel or on any of one of our social media pages. Um, if you look at the suspicious suspicious logon, kind of look at the, uh, sorry, you look at the kind of like the, the attack. It's, it's not an easy attack vector, um, and it's a development and evidence of taking advantage of living off the land type of technique to sustain an advance and attack while simultaneously circumventing detection. Um, advanced, novel, novel, but how, how common would it be? I wouldn't say much. I wouldn't say much, but it's good to keep an eye on this. If you live in Microsoft, if you live in Azure, it's something you definitely want to share with your operations, see with your cloud security team, make sure you're, you're, you're locking down some of these vulnerabilities. The US DOJ strike force, just, sorry, strike force charges Chinese and Russian nationals with stealing sensitive information. The DOJ yesterday announced a round of indictments accusing foreign nationals of attempting to illegally gain access to sensitive U.S. technologies, including source code for Apple's autonomous driving system. In one case, a Chinese national working for a pair of software companies in Southern California allegedly stole the source code used in a so-called smart manufacturing advanced technology used in making parts for nuclear submarines and military aircrafts before setting up his own business in China and marketing the uh, the uh, the pilfered information to entities there. The case is marking the inaugural round of enforcement actions by the strike force. By the strike force, I'm sorry, a joint effort established earlier this year between Justice and Commerce. Uh, the teams include 14 U.S. attorney offices across the country working to investigate and prosecute export control violations. Um, there's also uh, in the Apple case, uh, Yibu Wang was a software engineer at the tech giant from 2016 to 2018, worked on its annotation team, which gave him broad access to databases. According to the DOJ indictment, while at Apple, Wang accepted a job at US-based subsidiary of an unnamed Chinese company, which was developing autonomous driving technologies. Wang has been charged with six separate counts involving the theft or attempt at theft of Apple's entire autonomy source code. As it existed at the time, he left the company uh, law enforcement executed a search warrant of Wang's home in California in the summer of 18. That same evening, Wang boarded a flight to Guangzhou, China, where he remains and will likely never come back. In a smart manufacturing case, the alleged culprit was arrested last week upon entering the country from a trip from China. Um, the U.S. attorney for the Central District of California, Martin Estrada, said yesterday, in another complaint, a Greek national worked for years to procure highly controlled technologies, including quantum cryptography, for Moscow's military and research and development, the defendant was arrested in France last week and could be extradited to the U.S. So they're out there. We'll see if we get any of these guys 
In other news, a Russian ransomware affiliate has been charged with attacks on critical infrastructure. This was also part of the announcements yesterday where a Russian citizen named Mikhail Pavlovich uh, Mativ, also known as Wazawalka, um, for involvement in three ransomware operations that targeted victims across the U.S. His association is with Hive, Lockbit, and Babook, has drawn the attention of law enforcement. Um, uh, Mikhail Mativ was also sanctioned by the Treasury, uh, by OFAC, for launching cyber attacks against U.S. entities. He's been vocal about his illegal activities. He obviously sees different mugshots there. Um, so um, he's, he's charged with three different attacks, one on the uh, Passaic County in Jersey, another one for the Metro uh, Police in D.C., and another one for uh, the encrypting the systems of a nonprofit behavioral healthcare organization in Mercer County, Jersey. There's a $10 million reward for his capture. He's obviously going to be hanging out in Russia for a while. And if you don't think um, economics matter, they do, and here's why. Just in the first 15 days of this month, there were 17 different M&A deals uh, that took place in cybersecurity, merger and acquisitions. Um, and, and there's a whole list of them. Here's what this is telling you. The market is consolidating. As you're picking your security partners now, you've got to be mindful of their financials. If that's not part of your third risk vendor management program, it should be. You should be looking at their financial health, financial longevity. What round are they on? How are they investing in R&D? Have they had any layoffs? Uh, do, do, are they really working? And I know that sounds like, is that all my responsibility? But it is, unfortunately, simply because as this as 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 economic times and interest rates get higher and access to money becomes becomes less available you're going to see more and more companies um, um, go down this path um, 17 and 15 days that closed in the first 15 days of this month tells you everything you need to know about the economics of the industry at this time and these companies and the risk that it could pose to your organization so that's just something to really keep in mind y'all that's it for our show today. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up this week right here at 9 a.m. Eastern live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Go check it out. Subscribe. Thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for all the comments. Hello to everyone, including Steve, Eddie, Brent, Chris, Michael, um, and, and everyone else commenting. Thanks, y'all. Have a great rest of your day and stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.